This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. Time for Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action and the William Carey Bible Institute. He's a busy man and here he is. Morning, Dr. Hammond. Good morning, Brad. And I'm sure many of our listeners are concerned about what is going on in Sudan. And as I've ministered um, multiple times in Sudan over the last years, our mission's done about 70 missions to Sudan. I've conducted 27 missions to Sudan personally and taken over a thousand meetings in the country. And our friends in Sudan are informing us that the situation is very dire and volatile. We've seen all the different embassies closing and Britain, America, France, Germany, Italy, Egypt, India, Saudi Arabia, closing the embassies, evacuating their nationals, all kinds of amazing scenes um, in Sudan right now. And so I'm sure many people are wondering what is going on and how can we best pray for the country? Well, Sudan has gone through eight coup d'etats, eight violent revolutions, changes of government since the British left at the end of 1955. And uh, this is the eighth one that just happened. And this coup d'etat comes suspiciously shortly after the Sudan government signed an agreement allowing Russia to open up a naval port on the Red Sea. And then, hey presto, there is suddenly a coup d'etat and a civil war breaking out. Uh, The American Under Secretary of State, uh, uh, Newland, uh, was visiting just recently, and she was heavily involved in the 2014 coup d'etat, which overthrew the elected government in Ukraine and began the war with the Donbass region, and which has led to this war to this day. And there was on a recent Kim Everson show in America, a CIA operative who'd worked for 26 years with the agency, saying this is all the hallmarks of an American CIA-led coup d'etat in order to uh, change the geostrategic situation in the country. Well, that remains to be seen, but uh, what we do know right now is the Air Force is literally bombing targets in the city. There's artillery barrages damaging civilian centers. Uh, There are fights in the streets all over the country, but most seriously in Khartoum itself. Refugees are fleeing. Over 100,000 people have been displaced, internal refugees, since the beginning of the fighting. The fighting began on the 15th of April, and mid-April is when they were meant to have a transition to civilian rule in uh, incident. There was, four years ago, a major coup d'etat that overthrew the dictator Omar al-Bashir, who had seized power 30 years before in 1989, Omar al-Bashir instituted jihad, Sharia law, very harsh policies, including chopping off of hands and feet from opposite sides and having people hung, uh, executed for even something as simple as converting from Islam to Christianity, having um, public executions and all kinds of horrific things going on there. And uh, the people start to complain when the bread subsidy was suspended and the public uh, protest led to 
the military throwing the weight in behind the public protest and overthrowing dictator Omar al-Bashir, putting him on trial, when that started four years ago, well, somewhere along the line, 2021, uh, the military ousted the civilian side to the coalition government, transitional government, and the head of the armor, army, uh, General Burren, uh, made himself the leader of the country. Well, now there's been another coup where the two main military factions have fallen out with one another at the eve of when they were meant to transition to civilian rule. There does seem to be a lot of international interference here. Um, obviously, America is involved, but so is Russia. And uh, there are all kinds of speculations that this coup d'etat in the civil war is primarily to prevent Russia from getting not only local minerals from uh, Sudan, but also the Red Sea port. And the Red Sea has 10% of the world's sea traffic passing through it. Very strategic, um, considering the link between the Mediterranean and the Indian Ocean being through the Suez Canal and the Red Sea. And at this stage, there's also heavy involvement of Saudi Arabia and of the uh, United Arab Emirates. And the situation is quite dire. It's evident that there's a lot of interference going on here. There is gold in northern part of Darfur in western Sudan. And one of the military forces, the rapid support forces of General Mohammed Hamdan Dagalo, otherwise known as Hemeti, um, he's heavily involved with controlling the gold and he's using the gold to uh, not only sell huge amounts to uh, United Arab Emirates, Dubai being one of the main gold trading centers in the world and a lot of gold products for sale in the shops in downtown D Dubai. But he has been hiring out many of his soldiers to fight for United Arab Emirates, especially in the war in Yemen and for Saudi Arabia. In fact, uh, tens of thousands of his forces have served for the Saudi Arabians who've got money, but not many citizens willing to fight. And so Saudi Arabia hires many of these Sudanese mercenaries to do their fighting for them, especially in the coalition-led war that they are carrying on in Yemen right now. So this has tremendous potential to spill over. Sudan's also involved in a surrogate war going on in Chad, and Chad's a very poverty-stricken neighbor to the West. But we've now seen America's definitely stepped in and are involved with trying to um, bring about more conflict between the different parties. The people in the middle, of course, are the ones who are suffering. The, um, the rapid support forces have no shortage of weapons or vehicles. Interestingly enough, the 100,000-man mercenary army, uh, who are something akin between professional criminals and uh, a uh, mercenary force, not only do they hire out the people, they steal vast amounts of land cruisers, Toyota, Buckies and land cruisers from non-government organizations and from UN uh, scattered throughout North and West Africa. And so they've got 10,000 vehicles equipped with lots of heavy weapons on the back, like the 50 cal or 12.7 millimeter machine guns and anti-aircraft guns like ZOO 23 millimeters and uh, some rockets as well. And these all come from just tremendous, whether you call it confiscation, acquisition, uh, affirmative shopping, whatever. And so they've got this massive rapid support forces of a very mobile um, 
with the army of Toyota buckies and land cruisers, which they've liberated from uh, different NGOs. And they don't have any air power, but the uh, army itself has got air power, of course, and they're using the aircraft to bomb them. So we're seeing a clash between these two forces who are blaming one another for the outbreak of the war. But what seems more clear is that there's international interference going on. This conflict has the danger of spilling out into neighboring countries, of course, and uh, it already has spilled over into Yemen and Chad, but uh, there's a concern that this could be another proxy war between America and Russia. In fact, a CIA operative speaking on uh, the Kim Everson show uh, last week pointed out that America's got a larger embassy staff in Khartoum than they have in Kiev, Ukraine. And that the same people who started the war in Ukraine um, have come through to the embassy in Khartoum recently. And this has got all the hallmarks of another one of these. Let's bring democracy to the furthest reach of the world, wherever mm. they've got oil and natural resources. In this case, perhaps even more so to prevent their rival Russia from accessing those strategic resources and ports. So right now we see Sudan, which is a nation that we read about a lot in the Bible, about the people of Kush will submit to God and there will be a harvest of horror and much death in, in the desert. And yet these tall people, these smooth-skinned people, these people of strange speech will bring offerings to the Lord and a banner will be raised on the mountains for all the world to see and a trumpet will sound. And uh, plainly, there are, there's going to be a great move of God in Sudan and the scriptures have many prophecies concerning Kush and Sudan. And since the days of... Philip giving the gospel to the treasure of Queen Candace, the Sudanese official uh, in the wilderness, as we read in Acts chapter 8, there's been a strong body of Christians in Sudan. There still are today. Even though it's a majority Muslim country, mm. there are millions of Christians in Sudan, and South Sudan is majority Christian. And we are seeing in the Nuba Mountains of central Sudan a tremendous move of God. Our mission has distributed hundreds of thousands of Bibles and Christian books in these areas in Sudan, we have helped establish a hundred schools and uh, provided them with textbooks and gotten medical clinics up and running, um, helped with Bible colleges and other developments. And we continue to be praying for and involved in and helping uh, in Sudan, including most recently with helping um, audio Bibles, uh, people who are blind and getting in medical teams to help do eye surgeries and new mountains and so on. So keep praying for Sudan and uh, you can learn more about what's going on in Sudan by going on the Frontline Mission SA.org website. So it's www.frontlinemissionsa.org and uh, there's videos on Sudan. There's praying for Sudan and praying for new mountains prayer posters and praying for the Muslim world prayer posters. One can print out, put up a church notice board and there's some videos on what's gone on in Sudan, including missions to the Nuba Mountains of Sudan video, yeah. and to help understand what is going on in this rapidly escalating conflict erupting in Sudan. We've posted uh, pictures and reports and updates and some links. Uh, so uh, if you're interested in mobilizing a church for prayer and action in Sudan, please contact us, mission at frontline.org.za. And uh, I believe that it's vital for us to be praying at this time and mobilizing prayer and concern for our brothers who caught up in this very unnecessary but horribly volatile uh, conflict.
That's the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and of course the William Barry, William Carey Bible Institute. Dr. Hammond, thanks for your time this morning. Have yourself a really good weekend. Thank you, Brad. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.